You're listening to the Apple Insider Podcast. Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. I'm Victor, and joining me is William Gallagher. Oh, hello. You've dropped all the um, previously said things like wondrous, which I've I've blushed at, but frankly now miss. Okay, you're not yes, wondrous hello. at all. All right. I mean, so there. You could have just not said it. You to <laughs> you're very serious today. Home. You're very serious yeah. today. Oh yes. Apple TV Plus. Clearly, yes. the biggest news that we could possibly talk about, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Nothing yes. else going on at all. Well, it's not fine. MacBook Pro 16-inch is in people's hands. People are enjoying it. People are loving it. People are loving the keyboard. And mm-hmm. uh, the thing that comes to my mind when we talk about the keyboard is uh, the old Who song, Meet the New Boss, same as the old Boss lyric. Right? This is the, the where iFixit took it apart and looked at it and said, by gosh, it looks a lot like the old one. Okay. I don't actually know the song, really, but okay. You're a countryman, but the uh, it's it's a good keyboard. People are quite happy with it. People are happy to have a physical escape key back. And one of the questions that I'm finding people who are first-time touch bar owners asking is, what is the touch bar good for? What's well, the best use of the touch bar? And so I'd like to ask you, our, our listeners, if you've got a use for the touch bar, that works for you, that that comes in handy. Or if you've got a tweak for the touch bar, like removing a, a, an icon or a key from it that makes life better for you, uh, go ahead and tell us about it. Go ahead and email william at appleinsider.com with all of your touch bar complaints and comments. <laughs> okay. See what you did there? Yes. <laughs> no, nothing at all. So, yeah, I might have an auto-forward setup. Anyway, that could just do, could do. That. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Apple TV Plus. Yes. M. Night Shyamalan. Yes. He's had some good movies in the past, hasn't he? I uh, certainly had one. Did any things may not have been consistent? I know. After that. I know. Signs was fantastic, wasn't it? Uh, I even <laughs> saw that one. <laughs> okay, I know. We were all thinking of his first, his debut, The Sixth Sense. And of course, um, the the Glass trilogy was was um, especially the very first uh, one, made. Unbreakable, was good. But yeah. there you go. Yeah, the, you're saying uh, not so much otherwise. But well, now, there there have been some other over. ones that didn't quite go over nearly as well, and and I I haven't seen them all, so I can't possibly comment on all of them. But. Um, He's producing one for Apple TV Plus, and it's a show instead of a movie. It is called Servant, and it's a psychological thriller, which fits in with his his sort of oeuvre, right? It's creepy, mm-hmm. unsettling, and and without a doubt for adults only. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, I guess. However, he he didn't actually create it. Um, it's the, the listed creator is Tony Basgallop. Oh, good God. Uh, yeah, it's a British television, uh, name, although I haven't heard his work in a very long time, uh, here, presumably because he's in the States or something, but, oh, right. I did not know that. Excellent. Yeah. So, uh, Shyamalan is the exec producer 
and it was produced through his production company, and he directed the first episode, and he directs another one later in the season, and it's it's shot in his hometown of Philadelphia. But, uh, but yeah, Baz Gallup's the writer here. Now, obviously, if he's directing the first episode, that means he heavily influenced the overall look and feel of it, and, and it's pretty clear it feels a lot like uh, a Shyamalan production. It's a throwback in a lot of ways to The Sixth Sense. You know, the ominous shooting of staircases and hallways, the presence of big twists, um, the main location on a Philly street that looks a lot like the famous one from Sixth Sense. It's, um, it's, it's in a lot of ways recalling that kind of feel. And uh, the, the first three half-hour episodes debut on November 28th, and the remaining seven are going to show once a week on Fridays. It's They're half-hour episodes. Uh, yeah, That's yeah. That's unusual. Yeah. Oh. And uh, it's already been renewed for a second season. Oh, interesting. So it's not a, a, a what Americans would call a mini-series, uh, we might call a serial. Uh, it's uh, actually a returnable series. Yeah. Okay. I find, in a way, with a psychological thriller, I find that that information puts me off because you're not going to be satisfied by the last episode, are you? It's not going to be a satisfying season if it's coming back you know i never know about that and uh, one of the reasons that i'm thinking is counter to that is um have you ever watched american horror story no okay well they they tend to be psychological thrillers and each series or, or a season as we call them on this side of the world uh is is a self-contained story it's a um the, the same actors throughout the different seasons but they played each season is is one setting, one set of roles for them to play, and then the next season, it's entirely different as if it started all over. Okay, it's a it's a very I'm unusual way of like, doing uh, things, and it's great. Yeah. So there's nothing that's you know, at the end of each season, you get a conclusion. Okay, I keep putting off watching the second run of Big Little Liars because uh, well, even the makers said the first one was perfect on its own and they should never make another one yeah and then they did so servant stars uh tony kebbell and lauren ambrose as sean and dorothy they're a married couple in philadelphia he's a chef consultant which frequently apparently entails dismembering large fish at home and she's a local tv news reporter and they've just hired a new nanny for their baby um twist their baby is deceased and dorothy is carrying around a lifelike doll Okay. Uh, things aren't quite what they seem with either the baby or the nanny, and we're not going to say a whole lot more than that. Interestingly, the cast also includes Rupert Grint. Oh, right. Right. I was going to say of Harry Potter and fame, but I'm embarrassed. I can't think of what else he's done. Um, but Harry Potter's the one you remember him from. Pretty much, yeah. That's he, gonna he's, me I've seen him be really good in something else. I he's cast as it. Dorothy's brother, who is something of a degenerate. And uh, basically, I, I think if you if you like this kind of thing, you're going to enjoy this one. Um, ooh, the uh, yeah, this this is good. So uh, Nell Tiger Free, who played uh, Marcella on Game of Thrones. Is is in this. So there's a strong cast there. So 
anyway, if you were at all concerned, as we talked about a few months ago, the idea that Apple TV Plus would be sterile, that it would be um, meant for all ages, if, if the morning show hadn't already dispelled that notion for you, this show certainly does. Yeah, the morning show just swears a bit and that's it, really. Well, so, I mean... I mean, it, I didn't expect that from Apple, yes, but uh, it's not exactly harsh, searing. Right. Drama, so, so Servant has themes of ex- adult anxiety and at least one scene of sexuality. Okay. Which, you know, most people will go shrug, okay, fine. But if you were at all concerned that Apple was going to shy away, um, well, they haven't. True, we did expect them to be more Disney than Disney Pluses, um, and they're not, and that is in every way good, yes. Yeah. And since we mentioned Morning Show, the executive producers of the Morning Show on Tuesday said that all of the early feedback, or at least some of the early feedback, was less of commentary on the show as it was a knock against Apple itself. So this yeah, happened. I read about that. This yeah, happened I, at the uh, Code Media Conference in LA. And they were responding to questions about the the morning show's sort of eh, reviews, saying that they believe critics were conflating thoughts on the series with perspectives on Apple Plus as a service. I have been a professional TV critic, and I actually think they have a point in that. I've seen it done before. I just I also think it's unfair because the pilot of the morning show has some really poor moments, some excellent moments but some really weak bits. Um, and I think the criticism I've read of it is the same as criticism I have of that first episode. So, I would I would tell you to watch the second episode. I have a feeling you were going to say that. Yeah. I have a friend who watched Pilots... all five seasons of The Wire uh, in order to find out whether she liked it. I think, no, you try the pilot. I mean, actually, I think I will come back to Give, the rest of the morning show. The pilot but... is is the one where they're sort of finding their way. And this happens with a lot of shows. With a lot of pilots, uh, shows find their way or are still trying to figure out what they are. And in the second episode, they, they show you whether or not you should keep watching or not. Now, there are people that are critics of, of C, the, uh, the show starring Jason Momoa. And say that that's the terrible one of the of the batch that's the one to not watch i've watched all of those episodes and i'm still into that story so you have watched it you do like it yes i haven't got around to see yet okay. i like dickinson very much though haven't watched dickinson yet i'm going to start it but i haven't done it yet what i've watched is for all mankind which i'm enjoying i haven't started either i i'm i'm surprised to say i've been watching the mandalorian it's about the uh the only tv i'm regularly uh tuning into I should say, sorry for anybody who knows that I'm in the UK. Disney Plus is not available in the UK yet, but I have a press account because of working on it for Apple Insider. And certain shows have certain episodes released that way. And so the first couple of Mandalorian have been out each week. I hope that continues or I'll have to wait. Have you hit the Baby Yoda scene yet? Okay. uh, Is it too late to say spoilers after you've said it? (laughs) But yes. All right. I won't do any more than that. But... um... There is there is a scene with Martin Short and Steve Carell in the morning show that really uh, was was powerful drama. And I think uh, Reese Witherspoon it does really particularly well in the pilot. She has that uh, first confrontation scene at the mine, and then she has that interview on camera later with Jennifer Aniston, and they are both I think extremely well done. Uh, but actually, her character really suffers in the first episode by so many pat the dog 
moments we should like her because her brother is this uh, and all that sort of stuff yeah um, but but get past that go to the second episode get keep push through yeah you don't well, have like, to obviously people there are, decide in the first few minutes if they're going to keep watching something or not but i'm telling you that that we've watched four episodes of that so far and i don't feel bad about it okay i'll take that as more than a, a, rec- a generic recommendation to watch the second episode of everything uh, but uh, the uh, pilots are incredibly difficult to do. So I'm not surprised when something doesn't work, but there has to be enough. There has to be enough to make you want to watch the next episode. And and I, I think it's kind of done that with me. I'm, I thought I would roll on to the next. I just didn't yet. Um, I haven't been put off it the way I have certain other pilots, but yeah, it, it's not strong enough for me yet. So I will take this as... Uh, a recommendation, but I'm not going to go tuning into the first and second episodes of everything on every service. Fair. I mean, it comes down to, would you rather be busy or be productive? Uh, right? Okay, are we still talking I know about I, the morning show? We're, we're transitioning a little bit. Okay, well, in that case, I, I vote productive. Okay. You voted correct. Save your time and upgrade <laughs> the way you work with the right software. Captera helps you find it fast. Explore software and narrow down your favorite options in minutes with software guides, comparison tools, and over 1 million user reviews. Captera is the leading free online resource to help you find the best software solution for your business. And with over 1 million reviews of products from real software users, you can discover everything you need to make an informed decision. No matter what kind of software your business needs, Captera makes it easy to discover the right solution fast. Start making your work take less work and find the right software for you at captera.com slash Apple Insider. You know, and it's it's so true. It's difficult to find the right piece of software to do what you want, to work in the way you want to work. And you, you without something like Captera with its over 1 million reviews, you just end up downloading a bunch of things and trying and hoping that you find one close. Being able to actually see what real users have said makes such a difference. Yes, that's it, the reality of it, the practical nature. They're not just, I mean, one would hope that when we do reviews, we bring uh, previous experience to it, but um, that that even when we do it, and, and as, as much as we work on it, it cannot possibly match uh, a business like yours using that software every day for six months in anger and really knowing it. Uh, so, yeah, it's an incredibly useful idea. And speaking of productivity, let's talk about the Mac Pro. Yes. I want to talk about I Frankly, I just want a Mac Pro. I want it to hug do you and have to a, love. Do you, really do you know the ship date for the thing? Uh, all I know is December. Have I missed a, an actual date yet? No. No. Okay. So you got me briefly excited there. So about 11.30 p.m. on December the 31st is what we're, is what we're probably looking at here. Pretty much. Okay. <laughs> I wish I could say better. I wish I could tell you exactly when you can start expecting them to ship, but no, I cannot. I can tell you when I can expect to actually get one. Uh, it's yeah, twelfth of never. <laughs> yes. Though actually, seriously, I mean, I know it's overkill for anything. Probably most of us do most of the time. But I remember buying a Mac Pro around two thousand and seven, and it lasted me um, until twenty twelve. 
actually. I thought it was long. No, I changed to an iMac in 2012, but I still ran the Mac Pro for about three years afterwards. The idea of getting a Mac that you know will just last you forever mm. is very appealing. Well, and there are plenty of people who had the 2011 or 2012 Mac Pro, and that th- kept that thing going for about four forevers. Apple does make a machine last, doesn't it? It does. It really does. Although I am... I am concerned with the way that different GPUs become unsupported and things like T2 and Touch ID get added on. And I worry that those may have effects for the longevity of of systems in terms of getting upgrades. Why the T2 issue? What concerns you there? I mean, I'm, I'm... a little bit better because the the Mac Mini doesn't get one, and it remains to be seen. But Mac Pro probably doesn't either. But the the idea that you know, just as as that could become a requirement across all systems, meaning that anyone that doesn't have one doesn't get upgrades, is is a possible future. Hang on, uh, I'm I that the Mac Mini, my Mac Mini, has a T two. Has it? Yes. Okay, so then that is part of the possible future and part of my, my hesitance. Although I was talking to somebody uh, just today who I believe had a Mac Mini and they were complaining that they can't use Sidecar. It turns out they have a pre-2018, I mean, I think you know, December 2017 they got it or something. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there is a definite cutoff for certain things. Yeah. Um, true. Interesting. You know, and that, yeah, well, that has knock-on effects for longevity because what happens with Apple is frequently, not always, but frequently, uh, as with iOS, developers support the newest iOS and perhaps the one before, and, you know, then, then it starts to drop off in terms of support. Now, with the Mac, we've got a long legacy of Mac developers who have supported previous versions going back years, but... With Catalyst and with the the possible swell of iOS developers coming in, that can change, and and so you pretty much need to have a Mac that can run a current OS. Yeah, yeah. I'm at this moment running uh, a 2009 MacBook Pro with El Capitan. I'm explicitly using it because I have uh, LumaFusion. Um, uh, this thing. That, Previously, LumaFusion did let you use an iPad as an extra screen. Now it can let you use a Mac. And this has actually revived my old MacBook Pro. The keyboard's broken. The track bag is a bit flaky. And it's very slow. But as a second screen, it says. But I needed it to be on El Capitan. I can't remember what it was on before. But it was, yes, I had to. I was crossing my fingers as I looked to see what it would run. Yeah, it was probably on Lion or something like that. And you had to yeah. move it up all the way across Yosemite and everything to El Cap. Yes, it did seem to take longer than you would expect, but it's very nice now. So um, I feel like that investment, I mean, that's, oh yeah, that's thought it was 2009 MacBook Pro. I've had 10 years use, although admittedly the last three years has been on a shelf. So yeah. I'm not sure that counts. Well, we're not, we're not talking about Yosemite and, and El Capitan and 2009 MacBooks at the moment. I wanted to talk about the Mac Pro. Remember this is a story about the Mac Pro? That is true. Yes. yes. Story about Quite the Mac right. Pro. So the Mac Pro is being assembled in Austin, Texas. And Apple has given more details about the operation. So they've put $200 million into this plant and they imply um, they put $200 million into this plant and they employ more than 500 people at it. And as a part of this, they they've begun constructing a billion dollar campus in Austin. 
So the model shipping in December alongside the Pro Display XDR is being done in Texas. And they've put $200 million into the facility so far, just creating this complex assembly line for it. The production line with each Mac Pro, they travel over a distance of 1,000 feet during construction. Wow. Okay. And the complex nature of this line, you know, production lines can be complex. This production line requires components be placed precisely within the width of a human hair. So when they're placing okay. parts in there, some of these components have to be placed so precisely that that they're using complex machinery to make sure that it gets exactly where it needs to be. This is this is not small. I'm not sure why it's not designed with more tolerance in there, but that's that's an impressive precision operation. Mm. The facility is 244,000 square feet. Uh, they've got electrical engineers. They've got electronics assemblers. They've got people actively working on the line. Uh, this is the same facility that was previously in use for the former Mac Pro. And the the new model's construction is basically a continuation of its use. There were rumors that were talking about shifting Mac Pro production to China, but Apple said they're keeping it here, and so they are. They're, they're talking... Yes, I remember reading this. Yeah, the, 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 I, I, it's still the case that some components, I think, have to come from China, and that that's... Why tariffs are still an issue, even with the Mac yeah. Pro. But yeah, it was going to be all somewhere else, and now all in Texas, which is brilliant for Austin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They are increasing their expansion into America. They Part of that expansion is this, this construction that they're opening up on a new campus in Austin. They're on track to hire an additional 20,000 employees nationally by 2023, and they anticipate they're going to contribute about $350 billion to the U.S. economy between 2018 and 2023. So this new campus, this new campus uh, is going to be a $1 billion, 3 million square foot site to house an additional 5,000 employees that can grow as much to uh, 15,000. They're thinking they're going to open this thing, open its doors in 2022. Yeah, Austin actually looks like quite a nice part of the world. Uh, if I had any talent at all, where do you think I should send my CV? <laughs> That's a fantastic question, and I will be sure to get back to you on that. But um, oh, Austin is lovely. Before. I mean, Austin is is Austin has a great music scene. Austin is is well placed in in the part of the state. It's got uh, good weather, except when it floods. It's it's really a pretty cool place. I've been a couple of times, but um, you know they host oh. uh, South by Southwest down there, which is a big thing. Oh, okay. So I suddenly thought maybe you'd been getting your CV into Apple, but no, you mean South by Southwest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, other friends have been to that, and it does sound great. So you know the, the Tim Cook quote is that the construction of the Austin campus is underway, and that. Uh, they're going to strengthen the the close bond with the city and the talented and diverse workforce that calls it home. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that must be. Does that? I don't know what else goes on in Austin. Uh, I mean, in terms of companies, whether or not that would make make it an Apple town. Really, I mean, that's a significant uh, employment figure. I just don't know what the population is you know, to judge whether it's. Like, you know, um, Boeing in Seattle or uh, something like that. 
Which is, um, it's great to have a company town like that, but then if the company goes wrong or something serious well, happens... Well, I mean, then- 15,000 employees in 2022 is is not small, but Austin's population is, you know, within spitting distance of a million. It's, it's 964,254 people. Oh, right. Okay. So... Fifteen thousand so out of a million is is not a yes. company town. Yeah. Now, suddenly curious of how many uh, existing local residents will get these new jobs, and how many will be you know specialist things that uh, there are so few people you have to move them in uh, from wherever they are across the country. I mean, clearly, some of that's going to be local employment. Moving fifteen thousand people in is quite a lot. Well, even they can't, if every 50, one of the 50,000 were new, it would be a uh, you know, uh, I mean, boon to the city, wouldn't it? And they, they, they can't, already there. They can't all be fleeing the high tax rates of San Francisco, can they? The high property rates? <laughs> Possibly not. <laughs> so this segment is brought to you by Atto. Remember Atto? A- Atto technology is the power behind the storage. And Atto has been providing high-performance network and storage connectivity for over 30 years. Atto's premium connectivity and solutions for Macs include a wide range of low-latency, highly optimized Thunderbolt and PCIe options. Visit Atto.com to discover why Atto is the power behind the storage. And, and in terms of the Mac Pro, they've got, like I said, Thunderbolt, Hostbus, Fiber Channel, and Ethernet adapters that are ready for the, the power of that new Mac Pro. So, their premium connectivity solutions will provide high performance well into the future. There's a term they used that I haven't heard before, host bus. What does that mean? Oh, host bus. Well, it's... Um, Is this a five-hour lecture? Am I, are you just thinking, really, he doesn't know this yet? Uh, let's get some slides together for him. Which I'd appreciate, but I understand, you know, you don't want to take up time. I mean, basically, a host bus adapter is a card that allows you to connect multiple peripheral devices within a computer. So it's like an expansion card that then has more uh, types of host, more types of connectivity off of it. So I know that I didn't tell you anything useful with that, but... um, I'm picturing it now, so that's cool. You know, people... commonly used devices where the bus is is on the motherboard mm-hmm. and um, this means they don't have to well so if you had fiber channel or SCSI or serial attached SCSI or right. or something like that you would need an adapter card to be able to enable it because Macs don't have serial attached SCSI in them right Right. Oh, sorry. Or, just the or if you had takes me back thirty years. If you so, had an yes. InfiniBand network and you were using uh, this kind of, of storage over servers, you'd need an InfiniBand host bus adapter card. Okay. So cool. basically, Addo's got you covered. If you're looking for high performance for your your Mac Pro, that is definitely the way to go. And we thank them for sponsoring the show. I wonder how long after the release of the Mac Pro we're going to start hearing rumors about the next Mac Pro. 
about eight years. It'd be a week. A week. <laughs> I was going to say a week. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of things that we can talk a little bit more about, um, Apple Music. Yes. My beloved Apple Music. Yes. I know you do. And you, you use it both on your HomePod and on your Amazon Echo. Um, actually, now you've said it, I don't think I've bothered to add it to the Amazon Echo. I either meant to and it wasn't out in the UK yet, uh, or just totally forgot about it until you mentioned it right now. Hmm. 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 Things for you to do after the show. So Apple's partnering yeah. with a firm called Play Network. And Play Network provides licensing for and, and provides in-store music. So stores like Levi's or London's Harrods work with Play Network to bring music into the stores. And so Harrods has been trialing a service that uses Apple Music to create store-specific playlists. And this, is, this service yes. is surprisingly called Apple Music for Business. And curiously, we've known that for a very long time, the name, because it was, uh, was it registered, uh, there was like, a patent with that name last year, June? June year 2018, so. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'm really glad about this because uh, I, I'm, I work with the Writers Guild, I'm very concerned about artists' rights and things, and uh, I don't know what the system is in the States, but in the UK, if you are a, a commercial establishment, you have to have a PRS license, a Performing Rights Society yeah, license, and part uh, of your fee goes out to people. Right, and here um, it's a BMI ASCAP kind of stuff for that. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, I've heard that name. I didn't realize it was, that's what it did. Yep. Okay, so that's happening. But of course, it gets ignored a lot. And um, uh, there has been nothing to stop uh, a business just using a, a regular individual person's uh, streaming of Apple Music or Spotify or any of them. Pandora. Really. And I suppose there still isn't. But uh, at least this way, uh, they can do the right thing. And there are benefits to them. Uh, in doing it as well as, you know, well, uh, you know, Spotify and Pandora especially created accounts that, that have plans for businesses to be able to do that because they recognized it was happening. Mm. And what's nice about Apple Music for Businesses and why, why Harrods likes it. Well, so Guy Cheston, director of partnerships at Harrods, gave a quote saying, we were captivated by their proposition that we could have our brand reflected in our own curated playlist. Yeah, there's a curious thing about this. They were talking about how um, there's been, I haven't been to Harrods. Um, it's slightly outside my price range, but I haven't been recently at really? all. Really? Uh, I've but, shopped there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I actually have a friend who has an aunt who lives in Harrods. Oh, yeah. Beat that. Fully serviced apartment, apparently, above this door. Um, apparently, Harrods has had signs... Uh, urging people to subscribe or to listen rather to Apple Music. No, listen to Apple, the Harrods playlist on Apple Music. Mm -hmm. Now, they must mean within the store because there is no Harrods playlist currently available in the UK or the US on Apple Music that publicly can be reachable. But Apple will in some way gain new subscribers and to the extent that they will pay Harrods or whoever a referral fee when it happens. So I think, you know, everything, everybody wins. Right, it, and it, it is intended to lead customers subscribing to Apple Music themselves, and Apple will pay a referral fee to the store when that happens. But it, it's it's an interesting new world, and it's kind of cool to see that, that when Apple talks about services, right, this is clearly a service, and not just Apple Music as a service, but also the B2B relationship there. 
So this is this yeah. Is, that's what Play Network does. They're handling the licensing and yep. the management, but Apple is curating the playlists. Uh, weird that this has happened now because I have a habit of walking around my local supermarket um, with AirPod Pros in, listening to my choice of music instead of the stores. Because I just find every time I would leave the store, whatever the last song was that was playing was stuck in my head for hours. So I am programmable with music, and I'd rather program myself. <laughs> we talked about how you were easily manipulated last week, so I, I think this fits That's right true. in line with the rest of it, yeah. Thanks. Uh, bring that up as often as you can. That's that's really <laughs> appreciated. Although I didn't buy anything this yet. week. Yet. That's true. That's true. Yes. What's left for me to buy? Well, obviously the 16-inch MacBook Pro. Yes, uh, as long as they have them in blue. You know, we talk about I, this. I think you need to get in line and pre-order an XDR display. Actually, serious question. Will one of those work with my Mac Mini? I don't know. Don't We're going to find that out. Okay. We're going to find out by looking it up, not by buying one just on the off chance it works. Well, I I, I vote for the latter for you, but okay. <laughs> Thanks. Yep. Tim yes. Cook. Tim Cook. Remember Tim Cook? Yes. Nice guy, Tim Cook. Of course. Yeah. He yes. took part in a fireside chat with Salesforce CEO Mark Benioff. Oh, yeah. no, I've been looking forward to this. I knew it was happening, but I don't know what was uh, being talked about. So Mark Benioff has the annual Dreamforce conference. And at this particular, this year's conference, Cook came and they discussed a range of topics. They talked about Apple's values. They talked about human rights issues. Um, they talked about Apple's commitment to enterprise customers, which has been an interest area. There, there are a lot of people who feel that the pro market is being – of. Uh, let's see, either diluted by the naming of consumer products as pro, like AirPods Pro, or that the the enterprise market and consumer market's been ignored by Apple. So it's interesting that he came to talk about that a little bit. Um, of note, he says, iPhone, iPad, and Mac are in use by all Fortune 500 companies. Mm-hmm. How they leverage Apple's hardware and software packages vary. Some use off-the-shelf solutions. Others roll their own with their own apps and APIs. And a healthy number use products that come from Apple's partnership with Salesforce. Now, we, we saw recently IBM talking about how productive their employees were since their employees have switched to Mac. Uh, there's a partnership with Cisco. There's the partnership with SAP, um, SAP. There's the iOS push into enterprise, and, and partners often bring cloud computing assets to that and other SDKs to that. And, um, you know, last year they integrated Siri with Salesforce's Einstein AI platform. So this is, this is, there's a lot going on there in that sort of enterprise and, and pro customer space. Okay. Hang on. Just moments ago, I said to you, how long after the release of the Mac Pro will we have rumors? And I, I meant about uh, what Apple will do next for pro customers. And I figured a week, you said eight years. It turns oh, I was meaning minus there's a production. three weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Cook talked about renewable energy and shifting the entire operation to 100% renewable energy. They're now pushing suppliers to follow in their footsteps. They're also pushing competitors to follow in their footsteps. And Cook's quote here is, we stretch ourselves well beyond what we're currently capable to do, and we want to leave the world a better place than we found it. There, he also talked about privacy. You don't bolt on privacy, he said. 
You think about it in the development process of products. You can see what happens when companies wake up one day and decide they're going to do something privacy-wise. You can't just do it. You have to design it in. He also, and this is the one that I know people will listen for, he talked about Steve Jobs. He said that Jobs' ethos of making products of the highest quality available is still alive and well at Apple, adding that the company is out to make the best, not the most, that Think Different is also still a guiding light, and that Apple is committed to innovating while staying true to its values. These are all good things. Yay. Yay. Go, Tim. Team yeah. Tim. And, and of course, yes. people will, will comment on whether or not those are believable, right? Is Think Different sure. still a guiding light, or is Apple still committed to innovating? Are both things that can be questioned? And I would think that the answer is, is we will see what happens with other, what Apple calls innovation, you know, we, Sorry, we, with what Apple calls innovation. Well, we currently have, an, uh, in terms of products, we have products that are largely the same product lines as they were a few years ago, right? Oh, true. I see what you mean. Yes. And we're about to see, in a couple of years, the release of the augmented reality headsets and and glasses and things like that that have been rumored. And so, you know, if those things come to fruition, which we kind of expect they will... What does that look like, and is that innovation? Hmm. Another possible future is like where what happens with AirPods Pro? Do we end up with augmented audio reality? We sort of have it now a little bit in terms of both Siri as well as the noise canceling and presence that allow you to to hear things without having the can with, with the noise cancellation on, so you can be a part of the world at the same time, but have that, that bit interfering and uh, intervening for you on your behalf. And, and actually, uh, we, have I said this to you recently? Because it was one of the things that most excited me about the AirPods Pro. I, I didn't expect this, but the way that Siri will announce texts into your ear, mm-hmm. um, it's, it, that is, I suppose, an augmented audio experience. It is. It very much is. Love it. And, you know, we've, we've thought about having that kind of negotiated reality, augmented reality, develop into a Siri OS, right? What happens when the AirPods Pro gain cellular and don't need a phone anymore? I have to buy more? Yes, you'll buy more. You'll pick up a set from me next time. But it's it's going to be an interesting kind of thing because now you've got this piece of technology that's intermediating your 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 experience of the whole world. It's an interesting thing, and I think I'm excited about the idea that it can happen. And when we talk about innovation, there are people who doubt that, say, Apple's not innovating anymore. But I think there's still potential there. Okay. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Yes, we will. And when we do find out, we'll tell you all about it. Where? Um, Give me a minute. I know this sounds... It'll uh, come to you in a moment. Could it? Yes. Could you give me a clue? Apple Insider dot com podcast. Don't oh, so <laughs> it might actually both be true there on that one. Fair yeah. enough. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Full points. We will be back next week with more. William, where can people find you on the internet? I am waiting for emails on William at AppleInsider.com and living the life on Twitter as W Gallagher. What about yourself? 
I'm VMarks on Twitter and Victor at AppleInsider.com. And we welcome your emails. We've really enjoyed receiving them from you the past week. And we hope to hear more from you. We'll see you back next week. Bye, everybody. <laughs>